Hey, what's up, Kingsters? This is Kinkyistics with Jamie and Kristen. We're here to pleasure all your holes, so let's jump into this together. Today is Fifty Shades of Grey, the first of uh, E.L. James's wonderful novels. I say that with large amounts of sarcasm and hatred for her. <laughs> um, let me read the back real quick for you. When literature student Anastasia Steele goes to interview young entrepreneur Christian Gray, she encounters a man who is beautiful, brilliant, and intimidating. The unworldly, innocent Anna is startled to realize she wants this man, and despite his enigmatic reserve, finds she is desperate to get close to him. Unable to resist Anna's quiet beauty, wit, and independent spirit, Gray admits he wants her too, but on his own terms. Shocked yet thrilled by Gray's singular erotic tastes, Anna hesitates. For all the trappings of success, his multi-international businesses, his vast wealth, his loving family, Gray is a man tormented by demons and consumed by the need to control. When the couple embarks on a daring, passionately physical affair, Anna discovers Christian Gray's secrets and explores her own dark desires. Erotic, amusing, and deeply moving, the Fifty Shades trilogy is a tale that will obsess you, possess you, and stay with you forever. Well, that's the last part's true. That makes, <laughs> so that makes the books sound so much better than they actually are. Yeah, yeah, that's because that part wasn't written by her. That was written by the publisher yeah. to entice you to buy the book. Yeah. Had you had a cover written by her, you this would not be an international best-selling novel. Mm. And might I point out that there's at least three adverbs, like one per paragraph. <gasps> like I feel like this is Fifty Shades of Adverbs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let's see our super summary. <laughs> Set in the contemporary American Pacific Northwest, Fifty Shades of Grey, E.L. James's erotic novel follows Anastasia, Anastasia Steele, a naive young college student, as she becomes involved in a BDSM relationship with the rich businessman Christian Grey. In the first, uh, Kate asks Anna for a favor. Kate writes for the school newspaper and is scheduled to interview Christian Grey that afternoon, but... Kate is seriously ill and she doesn't want to reschedule because she had to pull lots of strings to get this interview in the first place. So she pleads Anna to go and Anna goes. She's caught off guard by his handsomeness and magnetism and she fumbles through her questions and awkwardness and she does not expect to ever see him again in her life. And then a few days later, he shows up where she works because he's a stalker. Uh, he purchases a few items, ropes, cable ties, duct tape, as an excuse to talk to her. And then he she uses it as, as an opportunity to request a photo for Kate. So then that means that she gets to see him again. And every time she's just enamored with him because he's so beautiful and rich and powerful. But she says that the rich part isn't a thing for her, but it really is. She's yeah, playing stupid. we'll get into that here in a second. <laughs> Uh, Anna and Kate are there with Jose. Jose is the friend of Anna and Kate. He's also a photographer. He is absolutely in love with Anna. Anna knows this, but she plays stupid. 
um, because she can manipulate Jose that way. Everybody knows it, too. Yep. Uh, even Kate uses it to her advantage. Afterwards, Christian Christian invites Anna out for coffee. Coffee? Uh, which very much upsets Jose. Uh, it goes well. He tries to tell Anna to stay away from him, but she really likes him. And a few days later, he sends her a first edition copy of Tess of the De Ubervilles, which is a very expensive gift. And it really confuses Anna because he told her to stay away. And then he's giving her this gift. Anyway, she goes out with friends and she ends up drinking way too much and calls Christian because she's drunk and she wants to tell him off. And he ends up finding out where she is and just shows up and she's like, what the hell? What are you doing here? How did you find me? And he's like, all phones have a GPS. And he happens to come in just in the nick of time because Jose is trying to kiss her and he's forcing himself on her and she's saying no. And Christian's like, she said no, back away. Because this is all very normal. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and then the next thing you know, Anna wakes up in Christian's hotel room and she's like, what? And he says, oh, yeah, I wanted to have sex with you, but we need to fill out the proper paperwork first. I, I won't touch you until everything goes through. And she's like, what? So then he invites her on a formal date and he takes her to Seattle, to his apartment in Seattle on a helicopter, which you know, just floors her away because she gets to see Seattle at night in a helicopter. And she's just like, oh my goodness. And he's like, I've never taken anyone in the helicopter before. You're special. Uh, she signs a non-disclosure agreement and he admits the truth about his intentions. He wants a dominant submissive relationship with her. Uh, there's no romance, just sex. And she really doesn't like this because she wants a relationship. She's never had a relationship. And when he asks her how she feels about that, she does. She says she doesn't really know. It says because she's still a virgin. But Christian doesn't know that she's a virgin. Um, what happens is he starts asking her about limits. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, why don't you know? And she's like, I've never had sex before. And he gets pissed the fuck off. Uh Christian is initially upset about this, but he wants her to make an informed decision about the potential relationship. So he offers to show her the pleasure of sex, and she agrees. Uh, they have sex that night, and in the morning she meets his mother because his mother just happens to show up. And she's shocked to find Anna, and everyone's like, oh my god, Christian's not gay! And his mother is just overjoyed. Because the level of homophobia in this book is, you know, comical. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Later, he admits to Anna that he lost his virginity to one of his mother's friends at the age of 15. He was in a dominant, submissive relationship with this woman, Elena Lincoln, for six years. He played the part of the submissive. If Anna signs the contract with him, she will be his submissive. There will be very strict rules she must follow, such as not looking at or touching him unless given permission. But he will always respect her boundaries and limits. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> clearly that's already been like if he's stalking you finding out where you work buying the place and he's figuring out where you live and sending you gifts and he's finding you well she doesn't know about him buying the place yet no she doesn't know about that yet <laughs> but i mean he showed up at her work yeah that's not a red flag right she's the just like at his, at and he's house. like oh it's just a coincidence yeah, no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, there's 
there's too many red flags and she likes to play dumb because she gets what she wants out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not victim shaming here because victims of abuse are like, it's a serious matter. Right. But I don't think she's a victim of abuse so much as she is manipulating. Well, maybe she is, but she's also manipulating Gray to a certain extent in this book. Right. For her own gain. Right. And she likes to play dumb a lot. Yep. They're both terrible, terrible characters. Yep. And terrible, terrible people. Yep. And in some sick way, they deserve each other. But they really don't. I mean, like, no, they could be really great people if they found people that brought out, you know, their better qualities and helped them deal with their own trauma. Anyway, this whole book takes place over six weeks. No, five weeks. Sorry. It takes place over five weeks. I thought it was six. Maybe it is five. No, 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 no. This one takes place over three weeks. The second one ends at six weeks. <gasps> yeah. And then okay. the third one is even worse. Oh, God. Is there? Don't even talk about the third one yet. <laughs> anyway, she's considering the contract over the next several days. And Christian keeps sending her gifts and sending her or visiting her apartment. And they keep having sex, even though he was like, I'm not going to touch you until you sign the contract because he just can't stay away from her. And he also found out that, well, she was a virgin. So, well, you need to know what you're getting into. So we're going to do this and do this and do this and do this. Anyway, Kate disapproves of Anna dating Christian because she thinks it's dangerous to clear her head. Anna goes home to Georgia to visit her mom. Uh, she finds out that she misses Christian. They exchange emails. Christian suddenly arrives in Georgia. Uh, Anna agrees to sign his contract, but she rolls her eyes at him. Christian upset. Well, upset Christian suddenly leaves Georgia. Uh, that has nothing to do with her rolling her eyes at him. There was something else going on that he had to rush home to Georgia for. I mean, rush home to Seattle for. <laughs> I was staring at the word Georgia, okay? Well, yeah, because he fucking followed her to Georgia. Right. Which is weird and creepy. Right. And totally And he not was healthy. like, well, we needed to talk about this in person. It, because they weak. were emailing stuff, but... Like, seriously, he just showed up at the bar where they were drinking, which was not a coincidence at all. But he plays it off like it is. Yeah, and the mom's like, oh, you're so awesome. (gasps) You're so pretty and rich. Come sit. My daughter misses you. Yeah. But even the daughter is starting to see red flags at this point and is thinking, should I be in a relationship with him? Is this okay? Is this healthy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But then when you have a mother like that as an example, you're not going to know what's healthy and what's not healthy. Right. Because we still don't know what happened with the third husband. Uh-huh. Yeah. They never say it. They never said it. They no. just said it was really bad and she ended up moving back in with Ray and Ray was her real father. Yep. Because her father died. Yep. That's all we know. So Ray is the second husband and he is the father that, you know, ba- he basically raised her. She calls him her father. Um, so when she says stuff about her father, she's actually talking about her stepdad, Ray, because he's the one that, you know, was a father to her. Because yeah. I don't think she even remembers her own dad because he died, he died. when she was so young. Yeah. Um, the third one, no one ever talks about. Nope. Which I mom won't even talk about it. Right. And Ray was like, no, you need to come live with me. And she's like, please let me live with you. And he's like, okay. 
Yep. And if it's that bad, then everybody's recognizing it's a bad relationship and there's some definite abuse going on. Right. And she doesn't date because this is happening right as she's hitting pu- puberty. Yep. You know, and then she doesn't date yep. because of this. Yep. And then Christian's the first one she does. Yeah, that makes And Mama's like, ooh, he's pretty. See, and this is her writing is so weak because she didn't think about these the different backstories. Right. Right. Because she could have Everybody's one dimensional. Yes. The most they- fleshed out character is probably Christian. Yeah, because Well, maybe Anna. No, Anna has no fl- like no, she's right. a blank slate. That's why all these men are attracted to her. That's why mm-hmm. Christian is like, "Oh my god, you could make a perfect sub." Because she's a blank fucking slate when she walks into his office and falls on his knees, and that's all he has to see to like project mm-hmm. his fantasies onto her. Wands in love with her because again, she's the perfect best friend next door mm-hmm. to him because he's projecting his fantasies onto her. Yep. And Paul is constantly trying to get her to go out with him at the uh, hardware store. Hardware store. Paul would be the boss's son. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, boss's son. Okay. And he's constantly trying to get Anna to go out with him mm-hmm. because she's a blank slate. He sees her as like this hot lady that could possibly be a rich senator's wife. Mm-hmm. Not giving two shits about the fact that. Well, and Christian also took. Her being polite and professional is her being a natural sub. Yes. Because she was like, yes, sir, and Mr. Gray, and and she's a klutz. So when she walked into his office, she fell, and he was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's not flushed out at all. No. Christian has the most in these books because – She's obsessed with Christian. Yep. Like the writer is obsessed with Christian and this idea of Christian. But that's because the writer wants a Christian. Yes, but Christian's not a healthy person. No, he's not. Well, neither is Anna, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Well, anyway, Anna returns to Washington and she goes to Christian's apartment. They argue over her eye rolling, and Christian says that per her contract, he must punish her for her behavior. And she's like, I haven't signed it yet, only verbally agreed to it. And she then asks him to demonstrate the punishment, and he spanks her, which leaves her a little pleased and very confused. Um, Later, Anna asks him to show her exactly how extreme it can get, and he spanks her again with full intensity. And she's so, so shocked and upset by this that she changes her mind about signing the contract, and she leaves with the intention of never seeing him again. And then you go into Fifty Shades Darker. But the end of that is very, very anticlimactic. Like, you know the ending is coming and you know that she's leaving him because the internet exists. Yeah. And you get to the last chapter and you're like, there's only a chapter left and they're still together. What is going to happen? How does this... And it all happens and, not in a and good like way. no. And it all happens in maybe like two paragraphs. Like the yeah. spanking happens and she's like crying and screaming and that's it. I'm gone. Bye. And she leaves and yeah. And then she goes home it and was all very plot convenient. Yeah. Yeah. There was no work put in by the characters to get that satisfying ending. It was like, oh, this serves as a good plot convenience to end this book and start the second one 
Basically, yeah. And she goes home, and Kate's not home because she's on vacation um, with her family and her boyfriend, who is Gray's brother, by the way, because that's how he bought Kate off. And she just goes home and cries herself to sleep, and that's the end of book one. Yep, that's it. And it's just like, what? And she's by herself. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I guess that was totally worth spending all that time reading that fucking book. Not. Yeah. No, no. There, there is was... no satisfaction in the ending. No, there's no satisfaction in this book whatsoever. Ugh. So like... I will admit that when I read this book, and I think it happened in the second one too, I did get a little excited and turned on at some of the scenes, but it wasn't necessarily the writing or like how the scenes went. It was my brain. So like I'm reading this little tiny um, like peephole of a picture, but my brain is seeing the entire canvas (laughs) and I'm seeing what it could be, what could happen, what um, a good scene would be. And my brain is like, ooh, that's hot. I like that. But you're only seeing, you know, like this little tiny bit over here. But I guess my brain's just powerful that way. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's basically the only satisfaction you will get out of this book. Because, I mean, the description is sad. Like, her writing is very sad. And I use the word sad purposely, not because I don't know better words, but because that is the level of writing in this book. Yes. Everything's sad or mad. Well, every once in a while, she'll throw out a big word randomly, and it doesn't even fit the context because she just used a thesaurus to use a bigger um, word that makes her sound more intelligent. And it's like, um, honey, yeah, that might be a synonym for, you know, this word, but that doesn't actually fit the context. So you shouldn't have used that word there. If you don't know, how to use the big words. You shouldn't use the big words. And what I think is hilarious is she actually pokes fun of that. Yeah. She's like pointing it out to her audience. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. Because when Anna and Christian are emailing, he says something and Anna's like, oh, look who got out the, 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 there you go. I stumbled. You said it correctly. See how that works. The Um, uh, but I don't remember if that was in the first book or the second book. I think it was in the first. But she does. And she's literally making fun of herself. And I was just like, what? Like, you know how bad this is. So why are you? Okay. And when Jamie says this is Fifty Shades of Adverbs, she's not kidding. There are adverbs throughout this entire thing. And it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you can like almost open any page and be like, "He, there's an adverb." Like right now, I just open a random page. Look, yep, twenty eight, twenty nine. He says dryly. I mean, just right there by my thumb at the bottom of the page, mm-hmm. he says dryly. Oh yeah, when people are talking, it's always she said confidently, or she said dryly, or he said dryly, or. Um, or late, earlier in the page, it says, oh, you know, the usual, the classics, British literature mainly. Yep. Mainly. Yep. Like, 
Stephen King says adverbs are the path to hell. And I 100% agree with that because yeah. it's it's lazy fucking writing. It is. She doesn't describe anything. Because she she takes these words that are like strong descriptors, yep. but turns them into a verb. Yep. And then, oh, there you go. It's fantastic now. All done. Or when she does try to like make random uh, descripting sentences, it's like always something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like the red room of pain. Like, yep. Well, and that's what Anna calls it. It's not actually the Red Room of Pain. Christian calls it his playroom because that's what it is. But to Anna, it's the Red Room of Pain because he's got all these whips and these canes. And to her, it signifies pain. And he says that it's pain and pleasure, which is what it's supposed to be. But to Anna, it's just pain. Oh, this is a random page 186. Half an hour later, I feel slightly greasy and frankly shocked to my core. She put two adverbs where right there in the sentence together and her level her use of fucking conjunctions almost every sentence has a fucking conjunction in it and sometimes she tries to put like two or three conjunctions into one sentence so she's combining like three fucking sentences together to make one large one mm-hmm. and it's just poor writing and it's stupid run-on sentences that shouldn't ever happen shouldn't ever be published but it made the publisher a lot of fucking money. Yeah, and it made yeah, her it a did. lot of money. It did. Yeah, because everyone was like, "Oh my god, BDL Sam!" Oh, yeah. but it was shit. It was so like softcore porn yeah. that people felt comfortable, okay, reading it. Right. Like when this book first came out, it was everywhere i was in college and i was seeing people walking around with the book all over the place or like people talking about it and i was just like uh-huh. and then you would hear people oh it's done wonders for my sex life and it's like ow. i could argue that if they read any kind of decently written there we go using adverbs um, the harlequin romance subscription service is better than this trash at least it's cheesy and fun right i mean like it's sure it's not we all know that it's it's not the best stuff but we enjoy it yeah at least the writing is you know well edited yeah and yes it's all tropey but that's because that's that's what sells yeah we enjoy that we like that i have a bunch of them i love them they're fun. And there's also really fantastic writers out there. Yeah. And this is why this podcast got started, was because you brought these books up and I said, no, there are so many other better writers out there that touch on BDSM and they talk about sex in a healthy way and healthy relationships. Maya Banks is one of my favorites and we're gonna I'm going to have to add her to the list mm. because there's one book called The Keep. It's just, ugh, it's mm. hot. And it's... It's everything right about BDSM. And she captures that. She captures the play correctly. Mm -hmm. So you get the sense of psychological play and the bondage without, like, just the right amount of pain. Like, Mm -hmm. a slap on the wrist kind of pain. Not like, oh, my God, my guts are falling out kind of pain. Which I think is what Anastasia is imagining. That's what she's imagining, yeah. Looks at this stuff. Instead of feeling like a little spank on the butt. 
Well, and that's also Christian's fault because he's too hard on her. Like even the first time that he spanks her with his hand, it's still too hard. It's not. It's about about what he wants. Yes. It's all about him. This whole book is about him. Yeah. This rich white male in power. And it is some weird like pedestal that everybody puts him on. Down with the patriarchy. God, my poor husband listens to this all the time for me, all the, like all the time. And I'm like, honey, I'm sorry. And he's like, it's okay. Half the time I forget I'm white. <laughs> well, he works in construction and more specifically in insulation. And everybody he works with is Hispanic and or black. Yep. And the everybody just treats him as he was ethnic. Yeah. And I love it. Well, sometimes I even forget that my boyfriend's Mexican. You know, because it doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Like when it doesn't mean anything to you, you forget about those lines, which honestly, it should be that way all the time with everybody. And I have actually had people look at me weird when the two of us are out together and we're like holding hands or something. And I'm like, what's your problem? I'm not wearing anything inappropriate. (laughs) I uh, like, you know, a couple of times I was like, is my nose ring offending you? It's tiny. How can you even see it? (laughs) And it would be like this older person. And all of a sudden I'd be like. You're a fucking racist, aren't you? (laughs) Yes. Yes, she is. And it like hits me. And I'm like, is that really a problem with people? What? And sometimes it takes me a while to realize it. Like there was one time it happened to me. And like two days later, I was like, oh, my God, that's what happened. (laughs) I love you, Kristen. I I forget we're a mixed couple. I I would get up in their face and yell at them all the time. I forget we're a mixed couple because it doesn't mean anything to me. He's a person he's my soulmate he's you know he's ricardo he's that nerdy kid that sits on your couch to me <laughs> <laughs> no i love him he just doesn't talk to me very often and i mean it's okay right like, you guys don't really have much of a relationship right uh he, he is shy <laughs> yeah and that's okay and right. i get it and my anxiety tends to come out in like big bold bursts yep. so like when i get anxious and i'm in public i'm just loud and crazy and i'm like okay look bam here it is <laughs> deal with it I, this is what i'm dealing with you have to deal with it too right and you and, both have anxiety so yeah. it's probably part of it it is but i think you guys you know would get along great oh no i know because a few times we have had actual conversations and not hey how are you doing ricardo oh i'm doing great how are you jamie it's right. always been like really good conversations about you know geeky stuff like right uh vampire night mm. a, uh, yeah i love that anime i have don't read like the manga the, i have not read the manga i have the first 13 i think we were talking about race and um, all the de- character default. We were talking about the character defaults of Christian Gray and one of him, the fact that he is the ideal patri- rich, powerful white man. Yeah. And he plays into that and he uses that privilege to manipulate and control everything and everyone around him. Yep. Including his parents. Yep. Uh, there is only one person of color in the entire series, and that's Jose. And he's a and rapist. I would <laughs> like to point that out. Technically, nothing <laughs> happened. Technically, but, but he, he would have. Yeah, he, he would have tried to rape a girl. Um, and Jose is your stereotypical Mexican. His name is fucking Jose Rodriguez Jr. By the way, because <laughs> she couldn't come up with an original name for the dad. 
<laughs> so the dad is Jose Rodriguez Sr. Oh. Um, which, by the way, is absolutely hilarious because my boyfriend is a junior <laughs> and his dad is senior. You're <laughs> stereotypical. Um, anyway, and he's like, oh, Dios mio. And he says, you know, little random Hispanic. Yeah, yeah but he's he the only one. of what you would think of as a Hispanic person in America yeah. that would run with this group. Right. Not the ones that, you know, she pretends don't exist. Right. Yeah. But he's very much an Americanized Hispanic. Right. And that's because that's what she knows. And there's random. So this woman is British and you can very much tell that when you read these books because she uses British phrases. She's also an old fucking lady. Yep. She uses British phrases and she uses um, like British ideals. Like the whole Grey family is very old English British. Yeah. Not West Coast Seattle coolness. Right. You know, and even like they later on in the series, they talk about where they actually are from. Yep. It's not the East Coast, which is the only place that the Greys would make sense in America. Yep. Particular, particularly Boston. Boston would be like their place because Boston is known for being racist. It is a higher learning, um, snobbery center Aren't i mean they that's also the best more way to do it homophobic there is because seattle is very modern and very forward and they're very lgbtq plus friendly and they're very um anti-racist is they try the to right? be as open and woke as possible right and these woke people so funny it does and these people that she has placed in seattle don't fit at all right there's homophobia throughout the entire thing there's huge racism and i understand these books were written like back in like 2007 right but even in 2007 it wasn't this bad right seattle's always been ahead of the game right the whole west coast is usually ahead of the game right this woman is just an old british lady and so that's what she wrote she really honestly should have made this set somewhere in england but she had to copy twilight so it had to be set in seattle well if she had if she was copying twilight and she moved it to england a place she actually knows she could have picked london and yeah london is pretty open and cool from what i understand i mean i don't pretend to know the great isles as well as someone who's been there or lived there but from my understanding of culture and what i've read London's a pretty open place, but, you know, there's different parts of London that could be construed where they would fit. And for an American reading this, they wouldn't know the difference. Right. I mean, you would have to be a Londoner. You would just know, you know, oh, this is set in, you know, England. That's probably the way they do it there. But instead, it's set in America and these weird... Right, where you have, like, 300 million people going, uh... What's a cullet? Right. <laughs> it's a British term for panties. Just say panties or underwear. Right. You know, but no. No. He took my thong off. I that, mean. That would have been cool. 
Like, I mean, especially back here, like this is relatively right after the thong song. <laughs> I mean, we would have all known like thong song and been like, oh yeah, that makes sense. He took mm-hmm. my thong off. Yeah. Granted, those aren't really that popular nowadays just because they give yeast infections and are uncomfortable. And there's better ways of hiding your underwear lines. I think they're comfy. I mean, it kind of depends, but... Uh. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a commando kind of lady. Mm. See, so anything is uncomfortable. Yeah. But when you have a booty as big as mine... Yeah. Yeah, like generally everything's I, uncomfortable. I have problems with going commando. Um... I think I just don't like the sensation of the seams. That's fair. Uh, I know it's erotic to some people because they like the way it rubs. Yep. Uh, I don't. Um, I also find that I have a lot of discharge. Yeah, that's fair. Especially when I shave. Yeah. yeah. No, you have to keep that clean. and Right. So I prefer to wear panties. Panties. Bloomers. <laughs> I like my bloomers. See? Oh, my God. She should have used the word bloomers. At least that way we could have all laughed. Right. And like, oh, my God, that's so British. Ha, 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 ha. You know, versus. Cullets. Because that sounds like a piece of meat. Like that's you're... cutlet. But but you know that's what people are thinking. Right. I said cullet, and I was like, what? I but said like, a piece of pork. What the fuck? Con- <laughs> context clues. You know it's her underwear, but you're just like. No. What? But it just catches you off guard and it breaks your, like, it breaks the fantasy. It breaks the mm-hmm. image that she's trying to construct in your brain. And good right. writers create a flow that is unbreakable. And that's why you get angry when somebody interrupts you when you're reading a good book. Right. You're like, what the fuck? I'm in this. Right. What do you need? Right. The house is on fire? I don't give a shit. Go away. You know, kind of thing. But she doesn't ever really do that because before you can get that deep into the book, something like that happens. And it keeps happening. Yep. And the sex is terrible. Dude, he makes her come. Okay, this woman, she doesn't masturbate. She's never had sex. She has never had an orgasm in her entire life. And the first one she has is from him playing with her nipples, which, yes, that's a thing. It can happen. Not your very first orgasm. (laughs) I mean, I understand Gray is a very talented and experienced man, but... Not for your first orgasm, no. 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 And then... Oh, my God. Okay, I know this is going to sound a little off topic, but I think this is part of the problem. This book is part of this problem. Um, Did you hear about Ben Shapiro's response to WAP? No. By Cardi B. And you didn't hear about this? I don't think so. Fucking crazy. Okay, so he's like, a woman's pussy shouldn't be wet. It is a sign of a medical condition. And my wife, a doctor, is going to back me up on this. Because she, and she swears up and down she has never been wet in her life. There are so many memes about it. It's so great. because How my, did I miss this? I don't know how you did. I mean, like, it was everywhere. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can't get your wife wet and she doesn't know she's supposed to be wet? Right. The fact that she's saying as a medical professional that that's a problem. What? Yes. What? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's that same kind of mentality that this book has and Anastasia has. Where she doesn't know any better. So she is being told by Christian one way. 
Because Christian's only seen it one way. Right. So then she thinks that that's the only way because she doesn't know any better. Right. And I think that's the same case with Ben and his fucking wife. By the way, your pussy should be wet when you're having sex and enjoying it. If it's dry, you're not enjoying it. Not necessarily there. Um, you can be aroused and not be wet. There's, you know, yes. problems and whatnot. And if you're aroused. But I mean, like, if you're having sex the way they're having sex in the book. Right. And you're as aroused as she is. And she's like, oh, my God. Ah, 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 ah. You should be wet. Oh, my God. My body just shattered into a billion pieces. Every fucking time. Oh, my God. Right. And this I got is, tired of reading and, that. And, there's, and my inner goddess. Okay, but when you're doing sex scenes like that every time, there's no buildup. There's no tension. No, there's not. So each of the each of these sex scenes lose their luster. And you're like, okay, same shit every day. What yep. the fuck? Give me something new. Yep. And they're really or close together to because every time they have sex, it's two or three times. It's not just... Yeah, but I mean, a lot of new couples do that. Right, I understand that, but it's every time. Like, he makes her come, right. and then... It's, there's no there's no different variation. And then there's penetrative the sex, he comes. And that's it. And then there's a brief period of nothing. Like, they might cuddle, or he might, you know, like, grab her ass or something. And then he's like, all right, let's do it again. And then he penetrates her, and he comes again. Yeah. Every time. Because the sex is all revolved around him. Yeah. And not her. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, he does at least make sure that she orgasms, but like, that's the bare minimum. Right. And that's only because he's not enjoying himself if she's not wet. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, drying, humping dry sandpaper isn't that fun, which is why people that don't believe women's vaginas should be wet during sex. And I'm not saying that... There, there, there might be some people that like a dry sensation. That probably is a thing. I think it would be painful for the woman. Uh, me. Uh, it does definitely create some tears. Like, there is tearing during sex, like, yeah. normally. But um, the drier you are, the more rips and tears the vagina gets which is why um when you're raped there's more yeah and, like it's ri- uh, ripped in a different way right i mean women do still get wet when they're raped that doesn't mean they're enjoying it that's just the body's natural response right. it doesn't mean that she wants it to happen i know uh, josh yeah. and i have this conversation regularly because sometimes i'll just be too tired and he'll be like i got a boner and my balls hurt can i help you and i'll be like yeah sure okay whatever <laughs> you know, because, like, I love him. I don't want to be in pain. And right. As long as my vagina is okay with it. Because right. she's her own beast. Right. She and is just... wet 99% of the time. Like, <laughs> it's magical. It's like I could be not in the mood. And I know this is not normal. By any stretch of the imagination, this is not fucking normal. It, it's probably some sort of medical condition. It probably is. It probably has something to do with all my hormone imbalances. Definitely. Like, yeah. So, like, it just magically is always wet. I mean, like, I could be, like, crying and my vagina would be wet. And Josh would be like, how the fuck is this possible? And, like, four times in 11 years, it's been dry. The fact I can count how many times it's been dry. And I know that's not normal. But I also know that, like, the opposite is not normal either. If you're dry all the time. Well, that is normal. It's another medical condition. I mean, like you said, it's not normal, but for some people it is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's right. not the the spectrum of normality that 
99% of women fall into. Right. And Most women, when they get aroused, they get wet. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm using that term of normality. Not right. That right. There's Unless you're over wrong a certain age. And yes. then it's more difficult. But I mean, lube is a thing. Right. And just because you do get soaking wet doesn't mean you can't l- use lube. Lube is always helpful. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, you can technically use too much lube. <laughs> and but then you like, slip out. <laughs> right? Yeah. But like, more yeah. lube is a good thing. It makes things slide and it feels good. Until it can't stay. Like, I'm so wet. It's just like it can't stay. And it's like, I'm trying. That's half of the time. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, because I get overly excited. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. And, you know. Yeah. Okay, so everybody was wondering what my vagina's like. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> she got that wet ass pussy. Yes. <laughs> I do. I relate to that song a lot. <laughs> it's now on my favorite, like, on my playlist I play when Jack's not in the car. And it's like every time. Wop. I'm like, thank you, Cardi B. I wasn't a big fan before the song, but now I am. Uh, Where were we before we got on that tangent? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Her body was shattering into a million pieces every time she has an orgasm. Sorry. Orgasms. We really were staying on topic. We were just sliding away from topic. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Orgasms can be wonderful and your body can feel like it's shattering into a million pieces, but it's not going to be like that 100% of the time. And every single time. She, I don't want to say she says she shatters into a million pieces every time, like probably eight times out of 10, she says that, but like, she'll say other things like, oh, I'm so, you know, just my body is a limp noodle or something like that. And it's, you know, okay, sure. But not every time. (laughs) I mean, you can have baby ones that are just like this wave of, ah, yeah. And those are great, too. Oh, those are some of my favorites because I feel so relaxed afterwards. I'm like, oh. But the media, it's always the earth-shattering orgasm. And that's not the normal. It's somewhere in between the two. Yeah. And that was why, for the longest time, I thought I wasn't orgasming was because I wasn't having the earth-shattering orgasms. So I thought there was something wrong with me, and I thought I wasn't having orgasms and I needed help. So I went, when I had my checkup with my uh, doctor, I asked her about it. And she told me to go to the store and get a toy and play with myself. Yeah. Um, That's good advice. Right. Which Explore I yourself. thought, I absolutely loved the fact that I got told to go home and masturbate by a medical professional. But I was having a legitimate, you know, I was very concerned. I, you know, thought something was wrong with me. So she was helping me. It is a medical problem. It is. And um, she even said, you know, if that doesn't help, she's like, there's other things we can see if there really is something wrong. Um, But yeah. And I even, I went online and I looked stuff up and I, and I found out that, you know, the, little kind of oh was an orgasm yeah but to me i didn't you know and a lot of it was in my head because for a very long time um like i would mildly masturbate before i was sexually active um but i wouldn't ever let myself orgasm because for some reason that was too much and that was a sin 
I can see that. Something in my head told me that. So I think when I first became sexually active or um, even when I was actually masturbating, uh, I I had trouble orgasming because I think I still had that blockage in my head. Yeah. And this is something you don't learn in school. We don't talk about this in sex ed. We talk about the male ejaculation and that being his orgasm. Right. Right. No, it's not sex ed. It's the reproductive system. And they don't even tell you i mean yeah they say there's condoms and there's birth control but but they teach abstinence above everything else right which goes against human nature right and you even like you see movies from like the 90s and they give out condoms that's not a thing yeah no that's not a thing that happens in schools right they need we need better sex education and our society or at least here in the u.s especially in the bible belt is against sex education. There are sex education um, podcasts, which those get out better than, say, sex education YouTube videos. Sex education YouTube videos get hidden. They get demonetized every fucking time. Do you realize that it's not legally required in uh, 39 states to be factually correct about their sex education? That is not okay. And that's why we have so many pregnant teenagers. Yeah. No, like, I mean... Because we're not educating our children and we're not explaining what's happening to them and how you get pregnant and how you can do that safely. Like, I understand that the age of consent is like 17, 18 in most states, but kids are having sex. You need to deal with that. You need to teach them. The age of marriage is lower than that in a lot of states. Right. So, I mean, like, if you can legally get married at 14 and have sex at 14, shouldn't you also know about sex? Right. And healthy relationships. And then that doesn't even include the LGBTQ community where, like, a lot – like, I would say all but eight states have no representation. Right. Of LGBTQ. Right. Most sex ed is about penis and vagina sex. They don't touch on anal. They don't touch on anything else. It's just. Right. Like, there's different orgasms that women have that are both um, from clitor- from the clitoris, from uh, penetration, from the nipples. I mean, like, there's different ways you can orgasm, right? Oh, yeah. So, None of that is ever talked about in no. sex education. They don't talk about erogenous zones. They don't talk about pleasure. It's all just sex is for procreation and that's it. Yes. And that's denying a lot of the human body. And this book kind of reinforces those thoughts. Right. Because Anastasia is so against sex as a pleasurable thing. Because all- to her, it really isn't right because she doesn't know any better right i mean yeah she has an orgasm and she kind of enjoys it but it's not really but she still shames christian for having any kind of idea right of pleasure outside of procreation pleasure right and vanilla sex as she puts it yep yeah well that's the way most people put it but you know and i feel like vanilla sex is becoming less of a norm or the spectrum of vanilla is getting bigger. It's probably that second one. Yeah. Um, because more people are into BDSM and impact play. Like maybe like the lighter side of things. Right. Um, but it's becoming more of a thing. And I know that these books are part of that. And part of why it became more socially acceptable 
which, yeah, that's a good thing. But it also really, really sucks because these books are trash. These books are a very, very bad representation of that community. And I will go on rants, long rants about why this book is trash and why it's bad for the BDSM community. To what? We have two hours and two books. Ah. Um, <laughs> speaking of which. We're uh, going to continue the rants. Here right. With Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> which is the second book that takes play starts three weeks after this relationship started here. Well, well give me a second. next podcast. And we'll. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let Kristen finish her rant real quick. <laughs> no, I have tried and tried to explain this to my mother and explain to her that there is a such thing as a healthy BDSM relationship and she she doesn't get it. She doesn't understand it. Um, and that's because to her, it's, it is Fifty Shades. That's what it is. Um, it's not a loving, trusting relationship between two people that find the physical acts and the sensations that come with those physical acts pleasurable. Right. And I, you know, kept telling her, no, Fifty Shades is horrible. There is such a thing as a healthy BDSM relationship. And she's like, oh, well, that seems like an oxymoron. To her, BDSM is not a healthy relationship. You can't have a healthy BDSM relationship. And it upsets me. Because BDSM is more about caring for each other in different ways. Right. Because... A lot of the time, the sub needs um, care in a different way. Yeah, emotionally and physically. Yeah, but and I mean, want, so does the dom, and the dom does too. And it's because they come into this relation when they find the right dom and sub. They mm-hmm. come into the relationship in a healthy way, where they know the boundaries of each other and they mishmash well together. Right, and they can kind of complete each other. You right. know. One gives the other what they need, mm-hmm. whether that's more of, you know, focus on them because a lot of subs just need somebody to focus on them. Right. And love them and care for them because they're not getting it in other places. Right. And the Dom has a weird control thing. And I think she's trying to show that with Gray, but. She is. But she, she does it poorly. In, yeah. She doesn't do it in the correct way because for a lot of Doms, that control exudes a certain level of care. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how they show their love and their right. care is because, the, you know, they, they're they like, okay, this is going to affect your life. This is how, so I really want you to do it this way. Right. And the rules are there to help them. Yes. But she doesn't explain that well with like, Gray. Gray. She makes Gray seem like a crazy fucker. Right. Like, I understand his rule about um, eating. Yeah, that's a good rule. But he does it badly yeah like everything she does is bad right and using simple words for her because that's all she seems to know (laughs) you know yeah uh i think uh so we need to wrap this up and i realized because we can continue this with the whole themes all continue into 50 shades darker right um, I was just thinking same characters, more we fucked up. Hadn't done our recipe or the word. <laughs> uh this week is podophilia, which is the term for a foot fetish, because I'm pretty sure 
that Anna has a foot fetish because every time she sees Gray's naked feet, she gets turned on and yeah. says they're beautiful. Um, we believe that Jack might <laughs> develop a foot fetish. He might. His grandpa has one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she also has the other end of the spectrum at home. Josh doesn't like feet. Oh, God. No, he hates feet. He doesn't even <laughs> clip his own toenails. <laughs> like, he... Ugh. Right. Nope. I, I have no strong feelings one way or another. If, feet. He would, if he'd let me... If I would let him, he would wear his boots to bed every night. So he didn't have to look <laughs> at his feet or touch his feet or anything like that. I will not appreciate being kicked in the leg by a steel toe boot. So they're not allowed. Yeah, anywhere. no. <laughs> <laughs> he can wear socks. It's fine. I finally got him to the point where his socks aren't in there either. Because, ah. yeah, I think it's weird. The fact that he just wears socks sometimes. Why? Because of my own OCD neuroses. Mm. For me, it's like you're half dressed. In my head, it's not complete. Ah. It's not the fact that, you know. But well, my, my feet are cold. I'm going to put on socks. Right. But if you're not wearing anything else, in my head, that's not complete. Oh, so, so he either, sleeps naked with socks? Yes. Or humps okay. naked with socks. I know that's a big thing for a lot of people. And, and it is. And there's nothing wrong with it. But for me, in my head, because I have weird OCD neuroses. <laughs> okay, but studies have been shown that women wearing socks while having sex makes their orgasm better. Cool. I'm still not going to wear socks. <laughs> I don't remember why. Unless I'm fully dressed. I don't remember why. But if a woman it, wears socks during sex, it makes her orgasm better. It probably has to do something with temperature and blood flow. Could be. Yeah. Uh, I believe this recipe was vegan pancakes because they do a lot of breakfast. We do breakfast dinner a lot. It's my son's favorite uh, meal. Well, no, they um they eat oh, a lot yeah, of breakfast, yeah. like pancakes and bacon and eggs, and that's yeah. like basically all they eat in this book, which is so <laughs> ironic. I think the there book. was there was oysters in there at some point because that's not cliche or anything. <laughs> Rich people talking about sex eating oysters, right? I mean, white chicks, anyone? That scene was great with Terry Crews eating yeah. the oysters. Oh, I love that movie so much. It's so outdated, but yeah, there are some gems. Okay. Well, I think that's all for this one. Yep. I hope that's you guys all. enjoyed that. Uh, we tried to uh, so yeah do this one better the second time around. I doubt that happened because we'd still managed to rant, but okay. Keep going. I know, but I, I can fix it. It'll be fine. Anyway. Uh, next week we're doing Fifty Shades Darker, or are Pumpkin. we releasing all of these at the same time? I we should probably do them next week. No, are we releasing all yeah, three no, of them at the same time? No, I think we should do them separately. Like we okay, were, okay. Yeah. So next week we're doing Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> Good job, Kristen. Next week, <sighs> that Pokemon is like I mean, in a weird way. Okay, I'll hide Vaporeon. Like, It'll be fine. Like it's almost like come hither. I'll hide Vaporeon. Uh-huh. But I have to be careful because the child is actually asleep. I don't know. I'm that Pokemon and your unicorn might just have sex here in a second. You might want to do this outro. <laughs> Real quick.
because she's I and the unicorn. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this. We will like, see you next like, week. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can find us on all the social medias. Well, she's not all the like, social medias. Jump on that Pokemon uh, and start going at Twitter, it. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm take a picture of that. Yeah, that's totally happening now. Kinkyistics. Because that's a cute little unicorn and that's a cute little Pokemon. <laughs> and you can find and me like at Zebra Cakies. That's right Zebra now. like Plus the moon. animal. K-A-K-I-E-S on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I don't have anything on my TikTok yet. Uh, We'll get there eventually. (laughs) Unicorn Tompin' Pokemon. That would be great. I should actually do that. Totally Um, happening here in about 30 seconds. Damn it, you made me break twice in a row. (laughs) Um... Jamie's a hoe and doesn't have social media because she's too lazy, but she does have a cat Instagram if she wants to share that ever. Uh, we will see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Boom. Woo. That was probably too loud. <laughs> I'm just going to let it roll over because it's got like 10 seconds. No, you're fine. I'm going to get that Pokemon and we're going to totally make this happen. <laughs> Ooh, we woke the child.